Welcome to the Arizona Ford Dealers Maroon Monsoon, brought to you by Arizona Ford Dealers. Visit BuyFordNow.com and Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. Now, here's your host, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. A pleasant good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Maroon Monsoon, the Sun Devil Radio Network's weekly hour-long radio show that spotlights Arizona State University athletics. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil football, men's basketball, and baseball, and it's my pleasure to be your host each week. And as you know, there are several different ways you can check out tonight's show. You can listen on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. You can live stream on the Arizona Sports app. Just go to the ASU page on the Arizona Sports app. In addition, if you want to see tonight's show, you can check out our Facebook live stream on the Sun Devil Athletics Facebook page. Tonight, we're talking hoops in this installment of the Maroon Monsoon. With the start of the season less than one month away, Sun Devil men's basketball takes center stage on tonight's show. Two former ASU basketball stars will join us a bit later on as we catch up with 2019 All-Pac-12 forward Zylan Cheatham and ASU Sports Hall of Famer Lionel Hollins, who earlier this month earned a world championship ring as an assistant coach with the newly crowned NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers. But we begin tonight with a preview of the 2020-2021 Arizona State men's basketball team, a team that has generated an enormous amount of excitement and anticipation in Sun Devil Nation. And why not? For only the second time in the last 29 years, the Sun Devils this year are likely to be a top 25 team as ranked in the preseason and also to uh, figure to be a strong contender to win the Pac-12 championship for the first time in school history. And here with us tonight to discuss and preview the upcoming season. We are delighted to welcome sixth-year ASU head coach Bobby Hurley to the show. Bobby, it's great to see you once again. How are you doing health-wise? How's your family been through this pandemic? Tim, great to be with you. It's uh, It's been too long, and I know prior to the show, we, we talked about those uh, those moments in Vegas, and uh, a lot's happened since then. And uh, Obviously, just, uh, you know, trying to stay safe, trying to stay healthy. You know, my family is, uh, you know, we've gotten through it as, as best we've, we, we can. Uh, just feel very lucky, feel fortunate, you know, with everything that's happened and what's happened to families across the country, losing loved ones, people losing their jobs and just been a terrible crisis for our country. But uh, just feel fortunate and blessed that, that we're even able to take the steps we're taking now and in, in preparation for a season. And I know our guys are, are equally. Yeah, that's very well put. You know, the last time this coach referenced, the last time we uh, got a chance to see each other, it was Thursday, March 12th in the breakfast room at the team hotel in Las Vegas, the morning of what was to have been ASU's PAC 12 tournament opener against Washington state. But we learned uh, moments uh, later in that breakfast room that the coronavirus uh, had forced the cancellation not only of that game, but the rest of the Pac-12 tournament, the rest of the college basketball season. But now, Bobby, here you are seven months later. How good it must be for you and your team to be back on the floor with your team practicing for a brand new season. Well, Tim, there were a lot of moments where you were you were wondering if if we'd ever get to this point, and uh, it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, initially, it was more of 
trying to keep the team together as much as possible uh, via Zoom calls and um, and calls like this and uh, just staying in contact uh, over the phone a lot more than normal because we couldn't meet in person. And that process uh, ran its course. And, you know, when we got to go ahead in late July to, to begin the initial steps, it was, uh, you know, a great feeling to see those guys walk through the door again um, as they each started filtering in. And just uh, seeing the new, new guys get to campus, it's been an exciting process. You know, so much has been taken away from us with our freedoms and our ability to, to be mobile and maybe taking little things for granted that we could do before the virus. It's, uh, it's, it, it makes you appreciate so much more what, what we've been able to do over the last several weeks. And even with all that's going on in the country and with this pandemic, still there's a palpable sense of excitement and optimism among Sun Devil Nation about your team this year, anxious to see the team you've put together. Uh, you've seen them on the practice floor now for about two weeks. Uh, what are some of your early takeaways about your team? I think just uh, overall, just the, the explosiveness, uh, the team speed, uh, how quickly you know we could get the ball up the floor. Um, if you're if you don't bring your your your, your lunch pail and your and your hard hat to the defensive end, there there's multiple guys that could uh, could make you look bad. So we got you know a lot of firepower you know on the offensive end of the court, and it's uh, it's a matter now of, of bringing it all together, convincing everyone to to sacrifice a little bit, to play unselfishly, to share the ball, to uh, just make each other better at that end of the floor and. Uh, but overall, I think, you know, as at this stage, you're you're wondering if you're ever going to be able to be ready for November 25th, because uh, there's just so many elements of getting a team ready to start a season that, that you're focusing on as a coach. And uh, there's numerous things that I'm talking with Coach Berno, my associate head coach, or, hey, we haven't really gotten in enough uh, out of bounds plays yet. What about our press break? What about side out of bounds? And uh, you know, are we going to uh, focus more on some some other defenses to give a different look? So there's just so many things that you're trying to throw at this group, um, you know, with with not uh, the usual off season. So we're trying to work through a lot of these things right now. Is this your most talented team? Do you think, Bobby, of the six you've had here at ASU? Well, I think this this team is pretty unique. I. I um, you know, the last three years have been pretty good years. You know, we've had some some good success, and uh, certainly we we have a, a lot of talent. We got a, a unique again mixture of uh, experienced guys that have uh, been very successful, and you know, we have an All American candidate that's that's played multiple years, and uh, and then we have an infusion of of just some exciting young players and. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, how quickly we could develop our, our cohesiveness and, um, and again, just getting these guys more accustomed to, to playing together with, with some change from, from last year's group. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of playmaking that you're seeing that gets you ultra excited about what the future is going to look like this year. I think there were probably two moments in this uh, past seven months that galvanized a lot of ASU fans in terms of getting them super excited for this coming season. The first came back on April 13th, a month after the season prematurely ended. And, of course, that's the night that heralded five-star recruit Josh Christopher announced his commitment to Arizona State, making him the highest-rated recruit in the recent history of Sun Devil basketball. What was that moment like for you? 
when you got the word that Josh was coming to Tempe? Well, there were a lot of anxious moments, and uh, you know, I equated, you know, how I felt leading into Josh's decision, how I felt three years ago when we were, you know, right on the bubble, and uh, we had started twelve and zero, and maybe didn't play our best basketball in league play, and and had to struggle and wait for days to to see if we, if we were going to make the tournament. So, the relief that I felt was tremendous. It was. Uh, such a, a long recruiting process with Josh and uh, just I we really wanted him to be a part of our family badly because we think it was a great fit for him and we knew you know what a great family they were and, and having Caleb for a year just reinforced that even more and uh, and Josh has been you know pretty special already he's got a great maturity about um, you know what he's doing and how he's practicing and you know hasn't missed a day and has been, uh, you know, really, really good. And so we're, you know, super enthusiastic about that. The second, I think, dramatic moment came in early August when your terrific veteran guard, Remy Martin, announced that he would return for his senior season at ASU after briefly exploring the possibility of becoming available for the NBA draft. Uh, did you did you sense all along Remy was coming back or were you kind of uh, sweating that one out in the last few moments? Well, I think Remy took a very mature approach to the process. He really, like he does when he's with us, he, he threw himself into that process. He wanted to explore it. He wanted to get the feedback. He, he trained extremely hard. He kept himself really fit through a difficult time to even train. Um, but it wasn't a typical year for the NBA draft process. I don't think he got a fair shake to really show NBA teams uh, that, that he was ready to be drafted. And uh, so as he reflected on that, he knew that there were things that he could, multiple things that he really still wanted to accomplish here at Arizona State. And, uh, and we discussed those things initially if he wasn't getting the type of feedback he was looking for. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, his heart is, is really into it. I think he, he gave that process its full attention. Um, I know leading into him telling me he was our communication was really picking up, whereas we were checking in more regularly with one another. And uh, so I had a better feeling going down to the wire that it was looking like he was wanting to come back. But again, it was um, I, I would tell him to go if I thought it was the best thing for him. I really believe that that he can enhance you know, his NBA draft uh, uh, stock and also set himself up for, for the future professionally. By, by utilizing this year and trying to maximize it. Coming off a year when he was first team all Pac-12 a season ago, the league's number two scorer averaging 19 points per game, second behind Oregon's Peyton Pritchard. Bobby, what will you be looking for from Remy this year as he hopes to finish his career in style? Well, I think, uh, first of all, it's just going to be his normal playmaking. And, you, Tim, you witnessed so many games down the stretch where he – just made big shots and big plays at crucial moments. And it's always fantastic as a coach to have a guy that, that has been through the, the caliber of games that he's been through, knowing that he's been, a, has got a proven track record of, of, of being a closer late in games. Um, in addition, it's going to be, you know, taking some of our, our youth, youthful freshmen under, under his wing a little bit and, and sharing his experiences and, letting them know what this is going to be all about and um, uh, initially and then 
he's going to be the leader on the floor. He's got to make it all work out there and uh, distribute the ball. He's got a lot of you know players that that he could uh, work with that, that are exceptional to create, and uh, so he's got to you know walk that fine line of uh, of creating for himself and then and then utilizing you know all the great talent that we have surrounding him. And that's one of his best traits. I've always thought he just seems to have a knack of knowing when he needs to take over as a scorer in a game and when he can be a distributor. And I thought another key moment this summer, Bobby, was when your Pac-12 sixth man of the year, Alonzo Verge, also opted to return to Arizona State. In 19 games off the bench last year, he averaged nearly 17 points a game. That made him the nation's top bench scorer in 2019-2020. Do you plan to bring him off the bench still? Do you see him as a starter? How do you plan to use Alonzo this year? Yeah, I think he's, he saw his last days coming off the bench. That, that'd be my guess, uh, Tim. Uh, he's. I think the best thing to describe what I'm seeing out of him is just he's just on a mission. Um, it's as good as I've seen him, uh, and I thought I, I thought great things of him last summer. But he's, you know, not only his scoring and his ability off the bounce, he's in fantastic shape. Um, I think his leadership and his communication. I think he's more comfortable in his second season with us to to have a voice in our practices and our workouts, and and, and again reinforcing things from a team concept. Uh, standpoint that are important to to get across to his teammates so he's been more way more outwardly vocal than he was last year which has been a, a really great thing for our coaching staff to to see him unselfishly communicating with his teammates the way he has and uh you know there are some wars in in the gym i mean when when you put the guys that we do have uh at those three perimeter spots going at each other it's uh they're certainly preparing themselves for uh, the start of the season because uh, if you're competing against a Josh Christopher or Remy Martin or vice versa uh, that level of competition is going to get all those guys ready to play no question about it say fans purchase one Coors Light 12 pack or larger or one Coors Seltzer 12 pack and any 7.7 ounce bag of Circle K favorites chips at your local Arizona Circle K, and then text HOMEGATE to 313-313 with register receipt to enter to win a grand prize Coors Light RV HOMEGATE experience, as well as other prizes. Visit your local Circle K to get all the details. We're just getting started on tonight's edition of the Maroon Monsoon. Former ASU basketball stars Lionel Hollins and Zylan Cheatham will drop by a little bit later on, but up next we'll continue our conversation with Coach Bobby Hurley as uh, he'll run down the other members of his 2020-2021 Sun Devil men's basketball team. Let's take a timeout now on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to the Arizona Ford Dealers Maroon Monsoon. Now back to our host, Tim Healy. Hey, Sun Devil fans, join us between November 6th through the 8th to chase down football season with the inaugural Sparky's Race to Kickoff Virtual 5K and Fun Run. Visit thesundevils.com backslash virtual 5K to register. We continue now the Maroon Monsoon, the Sun Devil Radio Network's Thursday night show highlighting Arizona State athletics. I'm Tim Healy, your host, welcoming you back to tonight's show as we continue our conversation with Sun Devil men's basketball coach Bobby Hurley. And Bobby, in this segment, I thought we could preview some of your other uh, the other personnel on your team. Uh, we were talking about your amazingly talented backcourt. Uh, we've mentioned Remy Martin and Alonzo Verge and your heralded freshman Josh Christopher, but those aren't the only guards you have on your team. Uh, Jalen House 
as a freshman last year was a defensive demon for you much of the season. Uh, talk about Jalen and how you envision him uh, elevating his game as a sophomore this year. Well, I think Jalen has got to, you know, got to embrace, uh, you know, bringing the energy. That was, I think he, you know, when he got in the game last year, he kind of really amped up the defense and the pressure and, uh, you know, just picked up the energy for, for that second unit. And, uh, you know, again, just really played extremely hard. Uh, you know, had some good moments guarding the ball. I think he's he's put some time in in the offseason, you know, working on a shot. I, I've noticed you know, improvement in that area, which I, I think will be will be helpful because, uh, you know, due to his percentages and and some of that was was because the role he was in and not getting huge minutes that uh, he didn't always knock down that perimeter shot. And then defenses were uh, were playing off him some. But, you know, that that part of his game, you know, looks far better. But he's still, you know, highly energetic, very enthusiastic uh, and, and working extremely hard. You added a transfer player in the backcourt and a local product at that one time, Apollo High School star Holland Woods, a first team all Big Sky Conference performer at Portland State last year, where he averaged nearly 18 points per game. What will he bring to your team, Bobby? He's just got a real maturity about his game. Again, another guy that's very experienced, you know, a player at Portland State that was just getting blitzed in ball screens and and facing double teams and uh, what was the, the number one guy on every scouting report uh, of all his opponents that, to try and take away. And now he finds himself in a unique position here at Arizona State that he may, he may not necessarily be looked upon that way and could fly a little bit more under the radar, but uh, just has a real stabilizing presence about him and how he carries himself in practice. Um, I think the guys enjoy playing basketball with him because he's very unselfish, uh, noticing a lot of situations where, you know, he breaks down the defense and hits the paint. He's got a great feel for where his teammates are on the floor. He's getting he's getting guys involved because, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of guys who could score it. And, and it's uh, it's a breath of fresh air just to see how, you know, how he's looking to distribute and get his teammates involved and. It's, it's going to be a great luxury to have when you could bring someone that's accomplished what he has accomplished at this level in college, you know, averaging 18 points and, and leading his conference in assists, and, and, and you have him now in your rotation. It's, uh, it's, it's a really good thing. We're excited about Holland. You mentioned Caleb Christopher earlier on in the show, the older brother of Josh Christopher. Uh, Caleb's dealing with an injury issue right now, isn't he? Yeah, Caleb had some tough luck, and again, in uh, – in the early stages of our workouts and training, he uh, he fell awkwardly uh, trying to get a loose ball, which which Caleb you know is always is always a hustle guy, and uh, unfortunately he uh, he hurt his, his thumb and had to have surgery. Um, so he was looking at about a six to eight week uh, prognosis. He's already in physical therapy now and working on it, and um, we'll see where he's at in a couple of weeks and reevaluate you know when we think he'll be back with the team. Let's look at your inside players now. You know, uh, we caught tantalizing glimpses, I thought, last year of the potential of 6'9", Jalen Graham out of Phoenix's Mountain Point High School, and he figures to play a huge role for your team this year. How do you think Jalen is ready to handle that workload as a sophomore? I think Jalen's approached it like it's an opportunity, and he's he seized it. Um, you know, he's, he's grown a little bit. He's put on some weight. Uh, you know, he fits the profile of what we're looking for with this team to 
have the ability to, to play with a motor, to change ends of the floor. Um, his footwork has been outstanding around the basket. You know, I, I have great confidence throwing him to the, throwing the ball into him on the block uh, and, and him making something happen for himself or a teammate. Um, and then he's just, you know, with our guards, he's going to be able to finish above the rim. Uh, you know, he's a guy that we could throw some lobs to, uh, you know, in certain situations. And he's just got a unique uh, ability with his timing as a shot blocker, which is going to be important on the back line of our defense to have someone at the basket that could, that could confront uh, guys that are trying to get to the rim. We talked earlier about Josh Christopher, one of the uh, Sun Devils' most heralded recruits ever. Uh, you've got another outstanding freshman on your team this year in 6'8 forward Marcus Bagley out of uh, Sacramento, California. Of course, he is the grandson of ASU basketball legend Jumpin' Joe Caldwell. What aspects, Bobby, of Marcus's skill set excite you the most? Again, just his for a freshman, he's, he's unique in, in how he – handles his business, how he works, how he trains, uh, how he, how his diet, um, working on his body. Um, he's been a guy that is usually either the, the, the last guy or second to last guy to leave the gym after practice. He's in there getting reps, continuing to work on his game. He's got that, that pro mindset that, uh, you know, he's comes from a tremendous basketball family. Um, and, you know he's he's fallen right into that legacy. He's uh, you know he's knocking down shots when he's open. Uh, he's right now most likely our our, our best athlete uh, above the basket. And uh, again, he's a guy that just shows up. He's very humble, and uh, you know he wants to win. And you know you could just see that he's doing things that that I remember seeing Lou Dort do coming in and. You know, what I'm seeing from Josh, they're all kind of in that, that same category. Wow, that's exciting to hear. Uh, I thought even though his offensive numbers weren't great last year, I thought Tayshon Cherry as a sophomore showed some growth last year, particularly at the defensive end of the floor and just how hard he worked on the floor. How did you evaluate his play last year, and what are your expectations from Tayshon this year? Yeah, he made some big plays uh, in late in games defensively and, uh, you know, just didn't rely on being a shooter or, or worry about how many points he scored. He, he made an impact getting loose balls, rebounding and, and defending and doing a lot of dirty work. So we're hopeful that, that Tay will, will continue to embrace that approach. And, um, you know, he's had some setbacks like, you know, all the players have with injuries and minor bumps and bruises and things um, that happen at this time of year. But we're, we got a good feeling. We're hopeful that he'll put some of those things behind him. And we're really hopeful that, that he'll be the contributor that he was prior to getting hurt uh, late in the year last year. And your senior forward, uh, Kamani Lawrence. Kamani has had some uh, physical setbacks, hasn't he, in this uh, preseason as well? Yeah, he had a, a minor you know, knee procedure. Uh, about six weeks ago now, um, so he's already almost moving past the uh, the physical therapy standpoint of his recovery and <clears throat> getting closer to uh, getting back out on the floor uh, and starting to do stuff on the court this coming week. So, and he knows our system very well, and he's been through these type of games with me for a couple of years. So he'll have a couple of weeks to prepare and get himself in the right shape, uh, you know, to compete on the 25th, hopefully. 
Late in the recruiting season, Bobby, you added a pair of big bodies to your team, fellas, that I think can contribute for you this year. A 6'8 Ukrainian forward, Pavlo Zuba, and uh, Chris Austin, a 6'9 product of Lee College in Texas. Uh, How do you feel about uh, these two fellas and what they might be able to contribute? Yeah, Chris first has been here since uh, late June, so he's had more time under his belt to really get in our in our offseason program to the best that we were able to manage that. Um, so he's he's a bit ahead right now. I, I like again another guy I could trust that is in practice every day that um, understands his role, knows who he is as a player. You know, setting really good screens. Uh, you know, playing good post defense. Uh, he's a guy that could, you know, maybe like a Daquan Lake, not as quite as explosive as, as Daquan was, but a guy that we could throw it to, you know, throw it up near the basket and, and he could finish way above the rim. Uh, so excited about what I'm seeing from him. He's got a great work ethic, again, a, a very coachable um, and, and a guy that's embraced uh, his role up to this point. So I think uh, he's putting himself in a great position to to, to have a, have a role this year and and then Pablo is uh, actually tomorrow will be his first day so we'll uh, I'll know a lot more about him in the next couple of weeks there were a lot of obstacles to get him from the Ukraine the challenges mm-hmm. of COVID and all the restrictions and trying to get a visa and uh, and then the quarantines for for international student athletes so uh, uh, we're really excited to see what he looks like uh, out on the floor hopefully tomorrow. Yeah, he could be a, a big-time get for the Sun Devils, a four-star European recruit out of uh, the Ukraine. Bobby, before we let you go, the schedule for the coming season, still a work in progress, but today the Pac-12 did announce its weekly matchups and game site designations for the newly expanded 20-game conference season. Arizona State will play two Pac-12 games in the month of December at Cal on Thursday, December 3rd, and home against Utah three days before Christmas, Tuesday, December 22nd. How do you feel about the 20-game league schedule? Tim, I think it makes sense, and especially in this environment with the uncertainty of the virus and the impact of teams traveling a whole lot from from out of region to, to come and play and what type of testing procedures they have and um, you know, I think us bumping that up made, made a ton of sense. We have a, a unified testing program, uh, the Pac-12 does, and we were heading to 20-game schedule anyway. Um, this this keeps more of our teams in this general area and uh, doesn't expose us to traveling as much uh, in the non-conference. And, you know, I think uh, the league is very strong this year. I think uh, the way we were positioned last year as a league, we were looking at six or seven NCAA tournament teams uh, potentially, and and I have a lot of confidence based on what a lot of the programs have returning, and and the influx again of some high level freshmen and other transfers that that the Pac-12 is going to be equally as strong this year. So uh, we're hoping to maximize and do the best we can with our seven game non conference schedule this year, trimmed down schedule. But uh, it's it's pretty exciting. If if uh, knock on wood, we could get to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut and and everything holds together with that event, that's an exciting way for us to kick off our season, getting a chance to potentially play the one and the two team in the country uh, right away, right out of the gate. 
Indeed, Villanova and Baylor, two of the teams in the Mohegan Sun Tournament, are two expected to be two of the top five teams in the country, and Boston College out of the Atlantic Coast Conference, the other team in that event. Always great to talk hoops with you, Coach. Uh, great to see you. Glad you're doing well. Uh, thanks for the visit, and uh, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon, Bobby. Hey, that sounds great, Tim, and you stay safe and healthy as well. And just wanted to say uh, I'm glad that I'm, I'm, I went before Zylan because Zylan's going to really pick up, pick up the energy. Uh, as, the, as it gets later in the day, I'm not as dynamic a, a personality, so you'll, I'm sure the charisma and, and, the, and the energy in, in this uh, interview is going to be ramped up in, in a couple of minutes. So The uptick is about best. to begin. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Yep. Appreciate it. Sun Devil men's basketball coach Bobby Hurley joining us on the Maroon Monsoon. Fans, you have to order the Maroon or Gold Devil deals from Venezia's Pizzeria. For a chance to win an awesome prize pack courtesy of Sun Devil Athletics and Coors Light. Visit Venezia's.com slash Devil Deals to learn more. As Coach Hurley said, we're going to catch up with one of his former players, Zylan Cheatham. Joining us after these messages, you're listening to the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to the Arizona Ford Dealers Maroon Monsoon. Now back to our host, Tim Healy. Hey, Sun Devil fans, don't miss your chance to join us in spirit at Sun Devil Stadium this season. A limited amount of fan cutouts are now available for purchase. Reserve yours today by visiting thesundevils.com slash fan cutouts. We welcome you back to the Maroon Monsoon here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. I'm ASU play-by-play voice Tim Healy, and we're glad you joined us uh, for this evening's broadcast, uh, we talked basketball with Coach Bobby Hurley in the uh, first segment uh, of our show. The Sun Devils uh, starting their season in less than a month on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, November 25th and 26th. They will tip off at the 2K Empire Classic Tournament at the Mohegan Sun Casino Resort in Connecticut, a tournament that includes two teams likely to be ranked among the national top 10 this year. In fact, both teams could be ranked in the top five in the country in uh, Villanova and Baylor. Villanova, the preseason pick to win the Big East Conference in uh, 2021, and the Baylor Bears, who were outstanding a year ago, thought they were going to go to the Final Four before the uh, pandemic ended all college basketball play. Villanova, or excuse me, Baylor, was 26-4 and a season ago, and uh, they have four starters back from their team, two very, very strong uh, opponents uh, for Arizona State. Uh, Boston College is the fourth team in that tournament, and as Bobby Hurley indicated, they're still working out the details with the people at the Mohegan Sun uh, uh, tournament to determine which team ASU will play first on Wednesday, November 25th, and then the uh, winners of the two semifinal games will meet on Thanksgiving Day, November 26th, for that uh, tournament championship of the 2K Empire Classic at the Mohegan Sun Casino Resort in Connecticut. Of course, the Sun Devils uh, played in a tournament there last year against uh, St. John's, beating St. John's, and then almost knocking off the defending national champion Virginia Cavaliers uh, last November 24th before uh, Virginia finally emerged uh, with a victory. So we, uh, we're going to uh, switch gears here and uh, move up. Uh, in, uh, we were hoping to have uh, Zylan Cheatham join us in segment three, former Sun Devil forward. Some uh, challenges uh, right now getting Zylan uh, connected to the show, but we do have connected uh, a gentleman that uh, I'm really anxious to catch up with. 
uh, one of Arizona State's all-time basketball greats. He averaged 17 points a game from 1973 to 75 on two Ned Welk coach Sun Devil teams that went a combined 43-13. and 13. He was a first-team All-American in 1975, a charter member of the ASU Sports Hall of Fame that same year. From ASU, he went on to a 10-year NBA playing career, winning a world championship with the Portland Trailblazers back in 1977. And he has also spent a quarter century as an NBA coach, including this past season, winning a championship ring as an assistant coach with the newly crowned Los Angeles Lakers. But uh, forget all that. To me, the highlight of his resume is the year that he spent as my radio broadcast partner on Sun Devil Men's Basketball Broadcast during the 2001-2002 season. It is a pleasure to welcome and uh, reconnect with Lionel Hollins once again. Lionel, it's great to see you. How are you doing, my friend? Tim, I'm doing great. It's good to see you. You're still at it, and I'm still at it, so all is well. Isn't that something? Uh, to start off the good news, I guess, the Lakers won the NBA title in Orlando earlier this month, but the bad news you weren't able to be in Orlando with the team at the time, were you? Tell us about uh, that unfortunate irony. Well, you know, there were a lot of protocols in place because of uh, COVID. There was a lot of unknowns. And so they, uh, you know, as you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, older people were at supposed higher risk. And anybody with pre-existing conditions uh, were also at high risk. And with the league trying to create a perfect bubble uh they were red flagging people and uh i was red flagged as somebody that with with the pre-existing condition shouldn't go and uh you know i didn't fight it i i went along with the with the program because i knew the league was trying to do something very special and they didn't need any issues arising so uh i uh stayed home i was in l.a at the beginning when we were practicing and going through the bubble and then i flew back to memphis and then i worked from home uh in memphis which was a lot better because you know our meetings were starting at eight o'clock in florida and that's 5 a.m in la and that wasn't <laughs> fun to get up every day at 5 a.m uh, to get on those calls but everything went smooth technology is such you know we, we were doing zoom calls with coaches meetings long before we went to florida and so we were used to doing that. And, um, you know, the workload was the same. I watched film. The technology allowed us to watch film uh, with each other, uh, to uh, trade back and forth with the clips in terms of uh, I would put together an edit, getting ready for an opponent. They get they would get it in an email and they would open it and they'd be able to watch it. And then they would put it in a format that we could share with the players. And you know, I, every coach's meeting, every team meeting, I was able to speak when necessary or when asked. And uh, also, uh, I was at every practice, and then we would get practices uh, videoed and sent to us by email afterwards, and you'd watch them and evaluate and take notes. And, and the next meeting, you would give your assessments on what went on. And then when we, once we got to the games, it was a, a similar scenario. So... The workload was the same uh, as if I had been there. The difference was I didn't have to get up and, and move and go anywhere. I went from uh, one Zoom call for the uh, the coaches meeting to another Zoom call for the players meetings and to another Zoom call for the uh, practice session. So uh, 
you know, I just get up and sit like I'm doing tonight at my computer and uh, and let the technology do the rest of the work. But you got a championship ring, and it was a satisfying year for the Lakers. I think the minute they acquired LeBron James two years ago, there was a championship expectation in L.A. Uh, he had injury issues last year that prevented that from happening. What brought it all together this year for you, Lionel? Well, I think uh, our commitment to uh, togetherness, our commitment to defense and unselfishness. Uh, we had a close-knit team, and we had a veteran team with a lot of guys that – had been in a league and had not played for a championship and were embracing the journey and embracing the roles that were put before them. And obviously getting um, AD didn't hurt. <laughs> you know, I think he, he was a valuable piece of, uh, you know, we're talking about most valuable. Uh, he and LeBron were co-most valuable players of our, of our team. And their leadership and their work ethic and their unselfishness, all of that contributed to us being a team that was uh, tough to, to reckon with. And uh, uh, I think that when you look at winning, it's very difficult. And also, uh, you know, the roles that everyone has to play. We had guys that embraced uh, Dwight Howard's going to be a, a future Hall of Famer, you know, and he accepted the role of not scoring as much, not getting the ball as much, but playing defense and rebounding. And then there was t- he didn't start either. So he accepted that role. And then he had to accept, he and uh, JaVale McGee both accepted not playing in the whole entire Houston series. And, you know, your ego, you want to contribute and you want people to know you can still play. But they accepted it. And then Dwight came back in the in the Miami series and was really good. He was good also in the uh, Denver series. So when, once, you know, we got opportunity to play him, he played well. And, you know, Rajon Rondo was outstanding. Our shooters were outstanding, but our defense was second to none. We were number one defensive team in the bubble, number one uh, uh, in the playoffs, rather. And then during the regular season, we were number three. And then we had a great, uh, devastating fast break, as uh, Jeff and Gundy like to say, oh, their fast break is devastating. <laughs> I like to hear that word because it was devastating. It reminded me of being uh, at ASU playing and how devastating our fast break was when, when, when I was there. So uh, it was all it was all perfect storm. And, uh, you know, we played through injuries. We had guys who stepped up when we needed them to uh, off the bench and play significant roles. And, uh, and then our stars did their thing. They sure did. And, boy, your stars did their thing, like you mentioned, when you played here. In fact, your 74-75 team, Lionel, 25-4 and that year. And any conversation about what was the best men's basketball team ever at Arizona State would have to include, I think, your 75 team beat uh, number 10 Alabama and 16th-ranked UNLV in the NCAA tournament before eventually falling to the eventual national champion UCLA in what I think was John Wooden's final year as Bruins head coach. What made that ASU team so good that year? We had great speed and versatility, and uh, Coach Wook uh, went from just regular defense to pressure defense, and which fit into my game, fast-break offense, pressure defense and so i was able to uh you know really explode on the scene and uh then uh we had a lot of guys that that just fit in you know we had mike moon and uh jack schrader and scott lloyd and rudy white who had been hurt and was supposed to be a senior but he was a year behind because of the injury and uh he came in and he was our 
second leading score or leading score, I can't remember, but uh, he was just an offensive machine. And, and again, camaraderie. It started the year before, you know, we had a good team, but we were slow and we couldn't win on the road. And all of those bigger guys, uh, Mark Wisely, who was a good player at ASU, and uh, uh, gosh, I can't even remember the big guy's name that, that was seven feet there that played for us, but we also had Kenny Gray. They were all good players, but the, we had a limit, limited agility and quickness, which kept us from being all that we could be. And when they graduated, we played smaller, we played quicker, and uh, we were difficult for everybody, uh, including the UCLA team that beat us in the tournament. Uh, you know, we had beaten a couple of Pac-10 teams during the year. And, uh, you know, we felt like we could compete with everybody. But, you know, that was a great team that went on and won the championship, uh, as you stated earlier. John Wooden's final uh, uh, championship team, I believe, at UCLA back in 1975. Lionel, uh, great catching up with you. We wish uh, you continued success, continued good health, and uh, hopefully we can uh, reconnect on this show again down the road. And uh, thanks for joining us tonight, my friend. Good to see you. Just uh, my, my pleasure. Just give me a holler. Absolutely. That's former Sun Devil basketball great and current Los Angeles Lakers assistant coach Lionel Hollins joining us tonight on the Maroon Monsoon. We'll take a timeout, and when we come back, Zylan Cheatham is in the in the house, if you will, and he'll be joining us after these messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to the Arizona Ford Dealers Maroon Monsoon. Now back to our host, Tim Healy. Tonight's broadcast of the Maroon Monsoon is brought to you in part by Lyft. Thank you, Lyft, for being a proud Sun Devil Athletics partner. As we wind down tonight's edition of the Maroon Monsoon, uh, we have we've we've saved the best for last. I think what a guest we have uh, joining us now—the young man who only played one season in the Maroon and Gold—but what a year it was! A one-time start, Phoenix's South Mountain High School. Zylan Cheatham was a first-team All-Pac-12 performer at Arizona State in 2018-19, season in which he averaged 12 points and a Pac-12 best 10 rebounds per game. He had 19 games that year when he got 10 or more rebounds. He had two games where he got 20 rebounds. And Zylan joins us now on the Maroon Monsoon. Z, it's great to see you, my friend. Uh, you've been able to stay healthy through this pandemic? <laughs> always, always. And, uh, but, yeah, um, staying coronavirus-free, um, I mean, and good grace is just enjoying life. Boy, that's good to hear. Hey, before we talk some hoops, I want to get an update on your mom. Uh, some of our fans may know that Z's mom has been dealing with colon cancer. How is she doing right now? She's actually doing really well. Um, we had a follow-up appointment today, uh, this morning at 11. Um, her doctors are working uh, religiously um, on her case. And uh, just, I mean, I'm trying to keep her in positive spirits. Uh, she's such a ball of energy. It's not really too hard for me, but... Um, we had a, a follow-up appointment today, and every all her vitals checked out. Um, she actually gained two pounds, um, and we actually got a date for her to get another CAT scan, which is um, very good and very good news to both of us. So um, we can't complain too much right now. We're just taking it easy. Well, we're praying for her, my friend, and I know all Sun Devil Nation uh, joins us in those sentiments. Tell us about your first year of pro hoops. You were an undrafted free agent, signed on with the New Orleans Pelicans, and spent last year shuffling between New Orleans and the Pelicans G League affiliate in Erie, Pennsylvania. What was your experience like last year? 
Oh man, uh, it was one for the books. I mean, I, I I put my rookie year in argument with one of the craziest ever. Um, my first ever NBA game, my first ever summer league game was um, cut short by an earthquake. Um, and I guess that kind of just trickled down onto the whole season. It was just a, a lot of ups and downs. I mean, a lot of travel and just a, a, a real learning process. You know, um, you go from, from college where not that you're catered to, but everything is pretty much set in stone. You got coaches and managers that are responsible for each player and each situation. And then you go pro and it's like, there's no one waking you up in the morning to go work out or to make practice. It's just like, I mean, whether you you either want it or you don't. So uh, it was an adjustment for me to say the least, but um, a, a beautiful journey, beautiful journey. You put up some good numbers in the D League, and I know you opened some eyes with the Pelicans. They now have a new head coach, Stan Van Gundy. You're a free agent, so what what are your hopes for the coming year, Z? Um, I mean, well, realistically, I would just I just want to be an NBA player. I just want to play basketball, um, but. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of never know in this process. I mean, like you said, I'm a restricted free agent, so the Pelicans do have first say in um, what they want to do with me. Um, if any team offers me any type of contract, the Pelicans can either match or let me go. But um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the work that I put in. Um, I, I like the resume that I put forth from uh, my last season. And, uh, I mean, I believe in God, so I'm just really uh, waiting it out right now. It's kind of out of my control. Mm-hmm. Don't have a lot of time left on the show, but I got to get your main reflections on your one year at Arizona State. It was a special year for you and for the team. Man, um, man, it was a uh, it was a storybook ending to me. Um, I mean, if you would have told me in high school that I was going to end up at Arizona State, I probably would have tried to fight you or something. But um, I had no intentions on coming back home. And, who knows? It was, who would have known that was the best thing that ever happened to me? Um, my staff, uh, my teammates, they, they put me in the best position to be successful. And um, I mean, I think I learned more off the court than anything. I think uh, I developed into a man. I think I um, learned so much in the process about myself and uh, the people around me and kind of how to cooperate with people and, and that type of thing. So I learned some real critical life skills at Arizona State. And, man, it was just a – man, it was a beautiful year. I still every day think about that Oregon loss in the tournament, though, I'll be honest, every day. Uh, that's one I'll of the – I'll tell you the, one, one thing I think about a lot. I have a picture on my cell phone of you and me and Kyle Dodd talking on the postgame show seconds after you beat Kansas, the number one oh. Kansas Jayhawks, uh, three days before Christmas that year. That's a moment I'll never forget. Oh, man, that was oh, that was probably one of the highlights of my life. Um, I mean, to and I don't, I don't even think a lot of people really seen what happened but or, or know my story, really. Uh, me and my dad have always had a, a great relationship, but... Um, as far as the athletic standpoint, we never really kind of seen eye to eye because he wasn't an athlete growing up. So um, when we beat Kansas, man, he had everybody had storm the court, and uh, I was kind of standing there. My dad somehow found a way through everybody. And, oh man, it was just a moment where we just looked at each other and just embraced each other and just hugged, and it was something that me and my playing career I had never experienced. So. Um, I mean, yeah, it was special beating them and all the things that came with it, but I think that was probably my, my most special moment of that night. 
Unforgettable indeed. Thanks for being with us, Z. Uh, All the best to you, my friend. And uh, thanks for joining us, fans. And we'll see you next week on All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards. I'm Tim Healy saying so long, everybody. Go Devs, you know. (laughs) That was the Arizona Ford Dealers Maroon Monsoon, brought to you by Arizona Ford Dealers. Visit BuyFordNow.com and Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. This Sun Devil Athletics program is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by MidFirst Bank.